Little Mermaid is the scariest Disney movie by far, though. Why the hell is Ace Blade in your Kickstarter? <laughs> Some comics. We gonna, I'm getting controversial today. We're going to get controversial today with... with... My, my proudest moment is this interview and being able to talk to you too. Light the beam! <laughs> I was gonna do it live either way. I was either either you oh, go, go, ahead, go, ahead. go ahead. Light the beam! There we go. There we go. All right. All right. Let me do this properly though. Because last week you messed up my intro, so I shut did. up. Happy birthday, by the way, again. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, towards comics in collaboration with Fourth Wall Productions respectfully brings to you the 71st episode of the Four Tales podcast. I'm your host, Kyron Silva from Taurus Comics. Across the way is the pomegranate dramatist of Ace Blade, Danny J. Quit. And together, we are your two award-winning Blurred comic creators here to help you find your next favorite comic. We are live on the Ages of Geekdom Network via Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. So if you are listening or watching us live, thank you for your support. But don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and review this podcast because all your positive reviews and interactions help us reach a bigger audience. My voice is gone. Uh, because last night I was screaming my head off from that game, and Dang. you might have to carry the show today like you do always, but, you know. No, no, I was screaming a lot last night, too, as you know, That's the Lakers, right. also, Lakers also won last night um, right. by 40. They they closed out the series against the Grizzlies, um, blew them out, and it was a, it was a great game. I, I hope the hope the Lakers play like this for a whole, for the next two, three years. They just, they just had it firing on all cylinders. Um, oh, um, no, no, they can't. Yeah, I, Anthony Davis's knees aren't going to hold up for another two years. <laughs> hey, he was dunking over people, blocking shots. It was a, uh, it was good. It was good, man. It's good basketball. Wait, wait, okay, wait. Behind the scenes in the chat, he said, "What up, fourth wall production? No love to me. What's happening? What's no, happening? no, no hi to Kyrie. No hi towards comics productions too. Now you, I am well." You've been hired to do work for Fourth Wall, so you're you are part of the team. So, Fair and enough. some people even say that you're the CFO of Fourth Wall Productions. That though some people are me, but yeah. uh, I think I showed up in one of your comics as a CFO, even though I yeah. did absolutely nothing for that book. <laughs> you gave me financial like, advice. You gave me financial advice for oh, for the project. Okay. You said uh, sell it. So <laughs> there you go. You're the CFO now. Fair enough. <laughs> You want to make money? Sell the book. All right, that's that makes sense. Nice, CFO. That's all you got to do. Right. Uh, Marvin wins in the in the chat. Also, happy Saturday, sir. Good morning, good morning. Um, you are owing me some content, by the way. Just real quick before we bring our guest on. Yes, we had this discussion off air last week. You said you're you were gonna we were gonna start doing something where we talk about the books that we read this week. And you said by Sunday, oh. you're gonna give me some content so I could post I it. Completely forgot about that. Um, but also, I don't think I read a single comic book this week. Um, so I don't, I actually don't have any. I bought a comic book this week, okay. but I, I don't think I, I read any. I didn't read any this week. Um, right. Static. Oh. Um, and Black Lightning crossover. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, 
behind the scenes says, my bad, Kyron thought you was a part of the fourth wall. Technically, yeah. I am. I, I've drawn the Ace Blade number one cover variant. Um, I did Black, Ballad of Black Rose. Of Black Rose. I yep. did the entire issue for that. So I technically am a freelancer for fourth wall. Uh, but I am part of my own self of Taurus Comics, which is if you can see down here on my name right here, says Kyron from Taurus Comics. That's all me. So if you want to check me out, go to TaurusComics.com and you can you know buy a book or two. We'll do that at the end. Oh, do it at the end. Okay. We do that at the end, Kyron. Come on, don't mess up the show. We got a esteemed guest coming on the show today. Mm -hmm. Um and um we're we're happy, man. We've been we've been getting some some pretty big guests lately. I don't know what you're doing. All our guests are big. I don't know what you're talking all about. Our guests, all of our guests are big. Um, yeah. but we've been getting some guests who are in some different areas of of comics and with some some different type of connections. So um I don't know what you're doing behind the scenes here, but it's uh it's been it's been good and that and and our, our audience appreciates it and I appreciate all the hard work you do, sir. It's Not called begging for likes and yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, you, you're going. Keep going. You want to introduce him then? Because you were doing a good oh, job. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. You got it. All right. So we have uh, the CEO and chief creative officer for officer. Why can't I talk now? Officer. Uh, Bad ideas. Comics. Dinesh Sham Dasani on the line. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being on. Good morning. Good morning. Tyron, I didn't know it was your birthday today. It was. It's not my birthday. Last week was my birthday. He's just being a jerk. <laughs> Well, Kyron won't tell us how uh, how old he is, so you know we just have to keep you know poking at him. I, t I told folks that he was seventy two, um, but you know I think he's I think he's a little closer to forty. You look yeah. great for forty. Kyron. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you you can count my my gray right here. Count all the gray hairs. You'll figure out how old I am. <laughs> yeah, trust me, I know. <laughs> That's comics. That's what comics does to you. I blame my kids though. So Yeah, I, I kids. Yeah. Comics will do that to you. I think I think my kids are have added a few gray, but comics have definitely added a lot of gray. Well, um, uh, Danny, I remember when you started comics, you actually had hair. Exactly. So, so. <laughs> I'm like the two of you combined. That's what I have. I see it, dude. I see the resemblance of three of us just all together. There we go. There we go. It's like looking in two mirrors. It's super weird. Hilarious. Oh, okay. So, uh, Mr. Dinesh, if you yeah. if you would, can you uh, tell our audience uh, just a little bit about yourself and uh, in your journey in comics and and and, and uh, what you're promoting today? Sure, my journey in comics. I started as a young, fully haired man of of black beard. Uh, no, my uh, I work at Bad Idea Comics. I'm one of the one of the very few people at Bad Idea. We're a very small company. Uh, most of us were at Valiant Comics for about, I would say, for 15 years. Valiant is, for anyone that doesn't know, a very storied brand in comics, started in the 90s by a group of ex-Marvel employees, Jim Shooter and Barry and Smith, David Lapp and Bob Layton. They were very successful, too successful, some would say, were sold to a video game company called Acclaim Comics, Acclaim Entertainment, then Acclaim Comics. Acclaim mismanaged their video game library. The whole company went under, took Valiant into Chapter 11 bankruptcy. I was involved with the team to bring Valiant back. We spent 15 years bringing that, that, uh, the library back to, to comics. Very lucky. We won a lot of awards. People like the books. Uh, we, you could say, I'm we're one also of those people that like the books. Thanks, Harry. <laughs> awesome, uh, Man. Exo Man of War is my, my jam. When you brought it back, that was like 
my monthly subscription right there. That's excellent. I'm a ninja guy myself. But that's cool. Awesome. Those books, we were so lucky. Rob Vendini on Exo Man of War, Matt Kent on Ninja. Unless you read the later Matt, uh, Exo, which was Matt Kent, and the later Ninja, which was uh, Christos Gage. All awesome. They were. They were. <laughs> we, um, I think we were too successful as well. We had a uh, Chinese investor that did a, how do I not get myself legally in trouble, hostile takeover of the business. Mm. Um, which led to a number of the the key staff being at, uh, forced to resign all in one day. I was I was the lead of that. Uh, so in about 2018, Valiant was uh, acquired. Uh, a lot of the, the continuity of executives left, which led to in about three months, most of the creators, film and TV projects, a bunch of other executives all left. I immediately formed a bad idea, which was uh, which is kind of different approach to publishing. Valiant is very traditional publishing. You know, we publish monthly books, ongoing books, trades, variants, digital, the whole, everything you'd want out of a publisher, we try to do a better version of. Bad idea is a little different. We are only in 250 stores that we handpick, we call them destination stores. We don't do any variants. We don't do digital. We very rarely, if ever, do any collections, trade paybacks. We've never done one. We've done one hardcover. We're about to do our second. Um, and we try, and we're not, we're not a publisher that publishes all the time. We're seasonal. So what the entire impetus for the company is a bunch of friends getting together to make comic books that are very, hopefully very, very, very good, better than they can be in the traditional model. And when, we, when they're ready, we put them out. Right now we're on a, a, a off season period, gearing up to do a, a, a release of a book called Megalith. Now, I want to go back to what you're talking about with you and Valiant and you now with Bad Idea, because you're, you said this a couple of times that, you were too successful. Now, anybody else hears that, they're going to say, success is great. How could you be too successful as a bad thing? Can you expand on that? Sure. I think you heard the adage, success is harder to manage than failure. And uh, I think that's for a number of reasons. When you have success, you've got to move quickly. You've got to make decisions quickly. Uh, you're often not objective about it. Our success, uh, I think, happened. It didn't happen quickly, but I think it, it grew to such an extent that we became a target for acquisition. There were a lot of companies, I mean, during the time I was at Valiant, probably 40 times, we had very serious uh, acquisition uh, processes. And when um, the Chinese ended up acquiring us, we actually had two much larger parties, uh, which much larger deals that we couldn't take. I think what had happened is, you know, film and TV is such a big part of the entertainment business and comics are a bit of a golden key into film and TV. We had a lot of film and TV deals that we hadn't announced with very big talent. And I think that um, that made us very attractive. People wanted to come in, take over the film and TV deals, kind of push publishing aside, let it just run, but not really focus on it. And that's unfortunate. They didn't understand that the business is publishing. You have to focus there. Otherwise, the rest of it doesn't exist. So that's what I mean when I say we were too successful, I think. Okay. That's, um, that's a, a great insight there. That's not something that... I know us as, as indie folks, like like Kyron saying, we would think, you know, when you actually get a hit book or you have a you know hit series, that um everything will be rosy. You know, you got money coming in, you can make more comics and, and do things like that. But um, like you just said, having people want to even at our even at our level, you know, in making comics, there are people who, you know, have have approached us. I know myself and Kyron for um for you know coming into their companies or 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 taking over our properties and things like that. So I can only imagine um, at the level of properties like uh, Exo Man of War and, and, and Ninjak and, and, um, and others that, 
um, people want bloodshot that, that people would, you know, have that same kind of energy for. And um, especially when they can they can offer you so, you know, these huge um, <laughs> bundles of money, these huge prices, um, it's, it's got to be hard to kind of adjust and, and and adapt in situations like that. So that's a, that's a great perspective there. Yeah, it's also political, right? It's also very a lot of political maneuvering. You'd be surprised how much uh, politics there are in, in in publishing. Well, you guys wouldn't, you guys know, but uh, it's the licensing deals. I think at Valiant, when I left, we had 150 licensing deals. That's throwing off cash. We had probably two dozen film and TV deals, including a five-picture deal at mm-hmm. Sony. Some I shouldn't say, but some very, very, very large talent um, that has since blown up in a big way, uh, even more so. And I think people look at that and they go, okay, here's a business that <clears throat> maybe is doing okay from a publishing standpoint, so it's not a huge burden uh, financially, but then the trend lines are very strong. Also, our books were over the, the two-year period before the acquisition, uh, the, the changeover, we were setting record after record after record in terms of sales of books. We figured out a little bit of a secret sauce and had a little bit of a tipping point so that we were able to to continue to, to grow and, and we hadn't found our ceiling yet. And that I think was very attractive to people. They assume the trend continue, not understanding how much work goes into to maintaining that, let alone growing it. Hmm. Now, where did that idea come from as far as, was that just your idea? Was it, because I know you said it was yourself and a group of people, but yeah, it was with that. So uh, bad idea is myself, uh, Adam Freeman, Josh Johns, Peter Stern, and uh, Anthony Militano, four of us, everyone except for Anthony, worked together at Valiant, um, along with people like Matt Kint, Rob Venditti, Louis LaRosa, Thomas Giarello, Josh Dysart. They all worked at Valiant as well. We've got a bunch of other creators, David Lapham, uh, the, the ones that come into mind now, we haven't announced, they're very exciting, but I can't say them. So I'm gonna get in trouble, I know it. You can't, uh, I mean, you no, can't. We're team spoiler, you can do it. <laughs> we don't mind. At some point, I'm sure I'll slip. There's only two people watching the show right now, if you, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and they all have Twitter. I'm going to get And then we had people like Carl Ballers um, was with us for a little while. He's writing for us now. We've had a couple others that that, uh, that were in the formation. Where it came from, really, I think, was two places. It came from uh, spite and revenge, on one hand. Uh, <laughs> Those are good motivations. It came from a desire to keep doing the thing that we were doing successfully and having fun at. So Adam, Josh, myself, Peter along with Matt Kent, Robin Diddy, Lewis, Tomas, and Dysart, we all just enjoyed making comics together and we didn't want to stop. So we found a mechanism to be able to do it, but we'd done it the traditional way. So we wanted to challenge ourselves, I think, and this is subconscious. So we set up a kind of new model. We tried to build a better mousetrap and you're not meant to do that, we tried to. And that is, again, we don't do any variants, partly because that money, that time can be put into the books. And our philosophy was, if we can make the books that much better, we can supplement whatever we're getting from variants. Uh, we don't do trades because the inventory cost is a real burden to the business over time. Um, plus, most of your sales go through Amazon, and we're very comic store focused. We want to support stores and have them support us, which is why we only have 250 stores. They're the ones that do the best hand selling and are built for our kind of independent comic books. So it was a, it was a lot of kind of learning everything we learned for 15 years at Valiant. And approaching the comics industry differently. I was going to ask you about that about the um, the comic stores because um, there's a I I literally only go to three comic book stores in my area. Those are my my three stores that I visit regularly. And um, if I wanted to to get the um, the bad idea books in there, how how would we do that? Who would we have reach out to you 
to get your books in those stores? Anyone from any store can reach out to uh, Bad Idea Voices on Twitter, Instagram, our email, our website. Um, if, if they email sales at badideacorp.com, badideacorp.com, uh, mm-hmm. we'll get back to them immediately. We have a very uh, simple one-page form. That's us. We have a very simple one-page form. It's got six or seven seven rules now for retailers uh, on it. Things like we insist that the books are sold for cover price for 30 days. We insist that the books are, are uh, displayed in a certain way in a certain area of the store. Things like that. Don't sell more than one co- copy per customer. We try mm-hmm. and stamp out um, FOMO and speculators and those kinds of things on one hand in the stores. We do many things to to uh, to support that with marketing, um, but we try to balance that. So as long as they agree to the rules, we usually let them in for the next slate. I love it. I love it. We had a, a comment here from Marvin Wynn said, Bad Idea did a very interesting presentation at Comics Pro this year. Um, Thanks, Marvin. Do you, we, uh, yeah, go on. If you could, no, I mean, if you could tell us what that was, I'm not familiar with what the hell he's talking about. I haven't we, been to Comics Pro, but um, um, Jermaine from the Acme Comics Store, he goes all the time. Um, I think it was in Pittsburgh this year, was it? Yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, and um, comics is. Yeah, so if you, uh, I've I've never been, but I've heard you know some good things about it. So if, I mean, if you want to give us some insight into what that process yeah. is like, uh, sure. Yeah. Comics Pro is, is my favorite show of the year. Uh, it's a B two B show, so it's it's there's not no fans and it's not public facing. What happens is most of the publishers come, a lot of vendors come, um, a ton of retailers come. And you spend two and a half days together in usually a pretty shitty hotel because everyone's trying to keep costs down. And you do three different things. One, you drink a lot. And in drinking, you get to be face-to-face with the people that you've been doing business with all year. And you're reminded that they're humans. And they remind you that, that you, you, know, you remind them that you're human. They remind you that they're human. And you start to, to remember that you're all in love with comics and that you shouldn't take this uh, too seriously. And we find that very helpful, especially for a publisher like us who is a little demanding of the retailer to remind them that we're making decisions, not uh, because we're, we're crazy, we're making decisions to try and better the business. And there is logic behind it. Second thing we do is this panel presentation, best practices for publishing and retail. The third thing that's probably the most intensive thing is we do these round tables and there's four sessions of them. There's between five and 10 retailers per table and then each publisher and the retailers get eight minutes and then they move and there's a presentation. Um, our video presentation this year was, uh, we had built, because we're insane, we had built an entire hour-long presentation that we had planned to fast-forward through in two minutes. So we started the presentation, everyone's watching it, and they're like, I'm sure they're thinking this is just like everyone else's, and it's boring. And then we go, no, 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 this isn't working. We fast-forward the whole thing. And I think they were like, I can't believe they spent all that time building, editing an entire presentation. That they're gonna- <laughs> and then we, we uh, showed them about a two-minute video of all the different fans cut together, bad idea fans, thanking the stores, explaining how important uh, it's been for them this year and how much they love the stores and, and all the wacky bad ideas. And we weren't going to Comics Pro to pitch anything because we're in between slates. The timing just didn't uh, make sense. So we were able to go there and just say thank you and try and do what we could to help without having an agenda to, to pitch anything. So we went and we asked questions about what we could be doing better and what, what we can do to help and mm. just thank you and buy drinks. Buy a lot of drinks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that that I'm sure that definitely helped. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that's I think that's awesome. Um, and I was I was looking at the 
uh, the list that Kyron just put up of stores, and I see that Ultimate Comics in Durham is on there. So uh, yeah. that's one of my stores that I that I go to. Alan and and uh, and the and the crew down there they uh they work. So um, I've, I'll got no, I've got no stores near me. No, where are you? Sacramento. There's a couple we're talking to. So when the next slate drops, I think there'll be a couple near you. If you can talk to Empire's Comics, that's my store right there. Yeah, yeah. Ben's yeah, a great guy. Right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, we love to we love to support um all levels of comics on on this show. You know, we usually talk to uh, more indie creators. Um, you know, folks, you know, who are who are coming up with new ideas and everything. Um, but one thing that is a common factor in in all the all the levels of comics is this great art. I was looking at some of the art from. I can't remember the name of it now. I just had it up, but um, the one with the orcs. What's the name of the the one with oh, the orcs? Orc Island? Orc Island. Oh yeah. my god, the the art on that 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 dang old Orc Island. I was like, I will buy this immediately. I don't know what it's about. I don't know. I was like, I haven't seen this before. All I know oh, is the it. art on it is amazing. You got the three orc uh, women soldiers running out with the uh, with the 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 uh the armor and the, the weapons and i'm like okay I, I i definitely buy this just based on the art alone um so i'll send you a copy. shoot me your address i'll send you a copy that was a very very well received book we spent about two years on that book that's josh dysart wrote it um and alberto ponicelli drew it alberto is a genius he he approaches every book with a different style the two of them worked together last they won the eisner for um unknown soldier uh, oh, okay. yeah. We added Matt Hollingsworth, who who did an incredibly, incredibly detailed commercial job on the coloring, um, and the book was our launch book for this last slate. Uh, many people calling it book of the year. We we had we had our best reviewed slate ever. I mean that's that's a little bit of a crazy thing to say. At Valiant, we won something like a thousand awards, named publisher of the year many times, book of the year many times. This last slate of books, five six books we put out, was the best reviewed slate we've ever put out. And I think it's because. About six, eight months ago, we completely changed the way we approach editorial. It's a very different system now, and the books are much better for it. Yeah, um, I think it's I think it's amazing. I just just looking over at the the books that you guys have coming out, I can tell that um, that people are going to love them. Um, my question is, like, where where are you finding the talent? Uh, where are you finding the the? Because I know on for me, um, <laughs> just reaching out to to artists and and collaborating with different artists can be kind of one of the, the tougher parts of the job even you know because you you can't necessarily afford the people that you that you want to get yeah, uh, yeah. To, to to get on some titles like if i wanted to get jimbo saldago or or brian stelfreeze or somebody like that to to do a book you know i might not be able to afford them for my title but there's a lot of great talent um out here that you can work with and that you can find so what is what's your process like what 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 kyron i see your face what are you just admit you're just trying to submit your application to to join bad idea you're like i'm a writer i write action comics how can i write for a no, bad I'm idea not. i am not i am not don't, i see, I see they got some some positions open on the yes, website but uh but you right. know writer writer and graphic designer is one of them so we, but we, i was just gonna say we should absolutely talk about that i'll, I'll tell you what we do and this is part of what, what I was talking about when I said we've changed the approach for the entire company. At Valiant, it was very difficult because at Valiant, if we bring someone on, it's a big commitment. At least it's a one-shot. We don't do very many one-shots, so it's probably more like 
a zero issue, which has a lot of value from a marketing standpoint. We need to get it right. Or a mini series. We had a lot of, not only did it have to be good, it had to be good in a very specific tone, a very specific way, work within the universe. It was very hard for us to, to be um, experimental. Here at Bad Idea, every book we publish, we include about an eight, maybe 10 page story in the back, completely different creative team, completely different tone, genre, a little bit like um, peanut butter or chocolate, right? So you get the main story. So for instance, Orc Island, four issues, each one included a completely different story. And for that, we're able to bring all sorts of people in. We're able to bring big stars, people that are doing their first comic book, people that are very talented but haven't broken in. And we can experiment with visual styles, we can experiment with storytelling structure. Uh, we can take a lot of chances. And many of those people that we, that we work with there, then we replicate that or we bring them onto bigger books. And our process is very simple. You know, we have relationships from being at Valiant, work with those people, people again like Louis Soros and Matt Kent who are doing Megalith next. Um, they often will, will meet people and suggest that they come work with us because we have a, a, a different approach, a more caring, I think, um, long-term approach to, to making comic books. Um, we're not burnt out and jaded like a lot of the other publishers. Um, we, we have people reach out independently because they've read our books. But a lot of the times what we do is we're, we're all comic fans at Bad Idea. We read comics, we see something we like, we reach out. And it's a very simple pitch. We say, hey, we've read this. We're huge fans of, of this book or your art or the story or, this, or your, your bibliography. We'd love to uh, one day find a way to work together. No pressure. Can we send you a care package of books? And then we send them four or five books we put out. And we are very proud of our books. And that tends to be kind of a big moment. They'll get the books. They're very high quality in terms of production. They'll read them. They'll get back to us and say, hey, I didn't know people were making books like this right now. What is the, I want to be I want to do this. How do I, how do we do this? And then we can come back and say, let's, let's start small eight page commitment. We'll throw you a couple prompts. You pick one you like, um, take your time, you know, we'll pay a fair rate. We give you a lot of time and we'll do a lot of marketing around it. Just what more do people want? I think is, is how we approach it. Uh, hook them and reel them in. That's it works every time. I love it. I love having him on the show now because he's giving us more of the business side of things. Where we we definitely appreciate when we have people like Ryan Benjamin and Eric Larson on the show who give us you know the artistic side. But I think as Danny said, a lot of our audience is independent creator. So seeing the business side of things is something all of us need to focus on. Most of us are just focused on creating the book. We don't worry about things like marketing. We just think, oh, just put a flashy image and everybody's going to buy it. And you have to really plan yeah. this out. Yeah. There's three legs of stool. And, I, and I'll tell you, I know Ryan, I, I know Eric a little bit. They'll tell you as much about the business as I am. Every one of us as independent creators, independent publishers need to understand and be an expert in not just the creators, but the business and the marketing. Those are the three major pieces of any business. You've got to understand it so you can take advantage of it and be honestly be as creative with marketing and with business as you are with the storytelling. See, that's why I fail. I, I suck at business. So, yeah, you haven't failed. You've, you've been doing pretty good, Kyron, to be honest with yeah, you. I don't think you're failing, man. I think, you, I think if you need to tell people that Saw 4 is coming out a little earlier, but other than that, uh, I think you're doing pretty good. Also, what kind of talk is that, man? Don't, I mean, I know you're being self deprecating with humor, but you got to manifest a little bit as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you believe it, even subconsciously. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna practice on it. I'm gonna work on that. I'm gonna work on that. <laughs> it'll help. I promise it'll help. Absolutely. So there are some comments here, and that we have uh, one from Danny Fiedler says those B sides are the hidden gems of bad idea books. Hero right. Trade and Bunsen Beaver have been the very best examples in the industry. I like that. Okay. Um, yeah, we've been we've been very blessed with those. 
we're able to bring you talent in, but we've also been able to to try um, uh, crazy ideas and build them. We've got Hero Trades become a huge piece for us, and that started as a B side. Bunsen Beaver for sure. We've got this thing called the First Seven Days, which is about a puppet apocalypse. Puppets all around the world come to life, and they're kind of a new approach to uh, to what life is. They're they're not uh, sentient in the traditional terms. They just want to uh, replicate, and so they dismantle basically anything around them and turn it into puppets. Um, we've got a book called Save Now, which we've which we're doing a mini series on with Matt Kenneth Thomas Girella. That's one of my favorite things we've got coming up. As I'll tell you, as strong as the, the the books that we just put out are, we had two or three of them that people thought were book of the year early contenders. Um, the next slate, the next five we have are absolutely the very best books I've ever been involved in. I'm well, very if you want to give us some spoilers again, you're more than welcome to <laughs> drop them. <laughs> Uh, the whole thing launches with Megalith. So we've got this campaign for Megalith starting Thursday. Megalith is Matt Kent, Louis Rosa. The story is a giant monolith crashed into Baltimore. The SWAT teams, police, everyone's trying to figure out what happened. Um, they send three teams in to breach the thing, one on the top, one in the middle, one on the ground, and no one can get in there. Um, meanwhile, this thing sprouts tendrils and drones. It's ripping up streets and cars and people, dismantling them, building itself bigger and bigger and bigger. Finally, one team with a subway cop, just a beat cop, are able to get in and they've got to climb, scale the thing from the inside, get to the head. Um, what, what, what we realize is, by the end, of the, I won't give you all the spots, by the end of the first issue, you realize this thing is 3D printing itself into a giant mech robot. Um, and they're running out of time. The people inside are running out of time because the government decided to nuke the thing since it started walking in Washington and another one, a larger one, is on its way. And so the, big, the series is just a big, awesome science fiction uh, punch up. And Lewis is doing, I think, the work of the industry. I think that yes. this is a different approach to how you build a comic book. Um, we've seen it tried to lesser extent a couple times before with like Bernie Wrightson's Frankenstein or um, Travis Charre uh, takes his time with books, things like that. I don't think there's a book that's ever looked like this. Or I'm very interested in Storyteller recently. I, I got to say, I think Lewis and Matt have outdone those books. Um, it's up to poor little bad idea to make sure people hear about it which is why we're doing this campaign. We want to put it in stores in a way that, that no one's done before. We, we have quite a crazy plan for it. Um, but that's the first book in a slate. We've got a book from Josh Dysart, who at Orc Island, called Habitat, which is a uh, contained underground thriller, very character-centric. David Lappin's drawing that. We've got a book uh, from Robin Diddy. It's about a submarine, big action kind of Indiana Jones thing. It's phenomenal. Um, real clever use of a fourth act. You guys are storytellers. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to think what else. Save Now is this wonderful book about the, the character's power is that he's able to save any spot in his life and then go back to it. So in the short story, you see him as part of a kind of Justice League and they go attack a big bad and they immediately all die. And then he, he saved right before the attack. So he goes back and he does it over and over and over and over again. It's like eight hours of this fight for him. Each time they die, each time he reverts, but each time he learns a little bit. Finally, he figures out how to beat this thing. So he tells the team what to do. They beat it. And as far as they know, they beat it first time. They don't even know if he has this power because they've never seen, you know, they, they wouldn't. He just keeps resetting. Yeah. Yes, go on. No, I don't I don't mean to interrupt. Like you the so <laughs> Megalith, so two of my favorite movies, and I shouldn't even yeah. say this. People people already get on me about my takes anyway. But uh I don't know if you've seen the movie, uh, I think it was Tom Cruise's Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, those kind of movies, I I absolutely love those kind of movies. So when you when you describe this and then you talk about mm -hmm. Megalith, um, Independence Day is one of my favorite all time movies. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, 
it gives me a vibe of those those kind of movies and i would just love to i know that when these books come out like i'm going to enjoy them and i can already see them that's i have a problem with like com with indie comics now is that like i there's certain books that you can already see on the big screen like i can already i can already imagine this as a as an epic sci-fi you know war movie or something like that is is that part of the <laughs> i know especially with with uh your experience you you've been in um, you've had projects go into film and, and things like that. So um, is that kind of part of the process in your brain uh, when you're putting out these projects or are you just trying to keep it at the comic book level and then if anything else happens with it, you know? It's a bit it's a bit of both. Uh, I, I have had a lot of experience in film and TV um, and I have a number of projects there now and I have friends in that business and like I guess I don't like the business as much as I like comics. Um, <laughs> And uh, but I've been very fortunate that I've had a lot of experience there. And maybe that's why I, I see both sides of it. Um, film and TV is an inevitable part of, of publishing. Um, the bigger you, you your ambitions are in publishing, the more you have to to find your way in film and TV. So what we our approach is we have to think about it. It is a piece that will come eventually. But as long as we're able to push it off, we want to push it off. So right now, there are a lot of film and TV projects at Bad Idea in various stages. We're not hyper-focused on them. We're not being aggressive about them. They're taking their time moving forward. And we haven't even announced. I, I think we're the only publisher. I think so. The only publisher that has not announced a film and TV deal ever. We've never announced one, even though we have several. We're just not really wow. focused on it right now. And we don't want our, our fan base to be thinking about us that way. You know, the thing you said about um, Save Now, Edge of Tomorrow, what's fascinating about that is we have that mechanism. So let me, let me finish telling you the picture. We have that mechanism. He does that. We cut to then 10 years later, and we see the world is over, and his team, his Justice League, have got him tied up in a chair, and they want him to go back, go back, try again. And he's telling them, I've tried. And he looks much older than 10 years. He looks like he's aged 30 years. He's been trying. He's like, I keep going back. There's no way to, to prevent this apocalypse. They convince him to go back one more time. That's our short story. In our ongoing, he goes back, and we realize he's decided to go back one year prior. And he's just going to spend a year with his wife. He loves his wife. He's happy right before the world ends he's going to go back again and he's going to live his life out and die this way so each time he goes back he gets older she sees he's getting older and it's very much a story of what happens when a superhero fails what do they do if there is no way to, to solve for this where do you go if you have the power to live any part of your life would you live in that period forever he eventually decides they, they he goes back enough times that she convinces him to have a kid they have a kid, a little baby, obviously it's only one year's worth of time. I don't want to spoil it, but it's a very uh, emotional character driven story that I think what, why we, why we, what we're doing it is because there's a metaphor for all of us. I think all of us in the lockdown had an experience of this existential problem out there, maybe problems internally with, with work, finances, et cetera. But at the same time, we're all forced to be with our family. We have more family time. There's less travel, less distractions. So there's some internal pros, there's some f familial pros. There's things I think that created a unique environment. I know a lot of people coming out of the lockdown have changed the way they live their life. They've learned lessons about what they actually want out of life, not the rat race. They've made those decisions. This is a story a little bit about that. And so, yeah, we think about film and TV and that, that kind of character approach can be very uh, enticing for film and TV, but we're not really focused on it right now. At some point, we're going to have to be focused on it, but it's a means to an end. Film and TV is not the end goal for a publisher. You don't make enough money from film and TV to make the business work. You need to use film and TV as a big commercial to get to licensing, where there can be a lot of money. That's where Marvel makes the vast majority of its money, or an acquisition. Yeah. 
some someone comes and buys you like Netflix bought Miller World or the Chinese bought Valiant, that kind of thing. Um, and then hopefully you're still involved and you're enjoying it, or maybe they want to do their own thing and you can start again. And we have a comment here from Dan that says, uh, bad idea does a lot of unorthodox marketing. Did any stunt turn out differently than they expected? They all do. They, they all turn out. We had this silly program a year ago where we went to SC Comic Con, South Carolina Comic Con, and we decided we were, again, in an off period, so we weren't selling comic books. We sold donuts, and the thing blew up. We had a line out the door. It was one of the most successful things we've done. We went back this year and did it again. So, yeah, they, they, they always turn out differently. Our marketing campaigns are... are they're probably as creative as our books. They're 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 insane. Uh, we did a Kickstarter, our first Kickstarter ever. This one turned out very differently. Um, it was called Stop Bad Idea. We were raising um, it was ten thousand uh, dollars was the goal we set, and we said if we get to two point six million, we'll go away. No more bad idea. So <laughs> the haters, here's your chance. Give us enough money, and we'll just take the money and go do something else with our lives. Um, and we thought. Honestly, I thought we wouldn't even hit ten thousand. I thought we'd hit two, three thousand dollars. We had one hundred and fifty. Mm. So that was that was like, okay, what what's going on here? Is this a different uh, method to communicate with the fan base? A different? How do we build a product for this that doesn't hurt the retailers? That doesn't hurt everything else we're doing? So that was very different. And we've been we've been looking at that. the megalith campaign is a is a, a step in that direction, trying to figure out that world. Danny, stop stealing ideas, dude. Steal them all. Steal them all. <laughs> Dude, that's uh, we we expect it. <laughs> we had that at Valiant. A lot of the books that we put out, a lot of the marketing we did there, we would see immediately that same creative team on a big book at DC or, or Marvel. We're starting to see the same thing now at Bad Idea. Whenever we announce somebody, they get a bunch of calls. We announced Megalith, and Lewis got calls from I think everyone in the business. You guys really should check these pages out. They're they're something else. Everyone should be calling him. That man is amazing with his pencils and his um. Is Copics? Yeah, Copic Marcus. Yeah, it's Inkwash. Yeah. He's another another planet. Seriously. <laughs> Marshall Lakes in the comics said Danny's taking notes. No, Danny was stealing ideas. We already did that. Hey. God, I can I can't show Lewis's pencils to other other artists. I'll go, I'll walk around a convention, I'll go to Art Sally and I'll talk to them about bad idea and I'll say, Oh, we've got this book. Lewis also can I see some of his stuff? And I show it to them and, and literally I'll show them on my phone and I've had four times I've had creators push my phone away after looking at one or two and they go, I, I, I can't. And I think it's because you know you work very hard on what you do and you get to a place where you're successful and you're famous and you're, you're making a lot of money from it. And you think that you're, you're at the peak or very close to the peak. And then you look over here and you're like, the peak's up there. And it just, I think it crushes some people. <laughs> Lewis is literally better than, than, <laughs> than I think anyone. Yeah. He doesn't think so. He only sees, that's about it. He, he only sees the flaws. It's an artist trait. We only see our flaws. So we don't see what everybody else sees. We just see where we can improve, where we can get better at. It's yeah. Artist trait. Right. Which keeps you pushing. It makes you better, right? Depends on your mindset. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on your mindset. Kyron, Kyron, you're doing just fine, man. Um, no. Um, so before we do our quick takes, I just want to ask. So you have um, on the, the preview page for... Um, the megalith, you already have, you know, over 1,000 followers on the on the Kickstarter yeah. page right now. 1,358, it says. Nice. Um, what what can we do in the community to kind of help get the word out about about these projects and and help uh, bad idea reach more people? You need to refresh. It's actually 1360 now. Nice, uh, even better. 
Um, that's very kind of you. We are, I'll be honest, we feel a very heavy burden with this book. This is the kind of book that I wish, I've never felt this before because there's, I think, a lot of negatives about, about the way Marvel does, releases their books. I think they could be doing a lot more. Not that it's their responsibility, but this is the first time I've ever felt like I wish I had that mechanism, that machine behind me. We have a machine. I think it's a very strong machine, but it's a lean, mean machine. It's not a big behemoth. This book is a book I think if you've ever read a comic book and liked it, you will like this book. It's just of a quality. The storytelling is phenomenal. Matt Kent's very, very, very good at what he does. This is big, bombastic, commercial, fresh um, storytelling that'll surprise. And then the execution from a rendering artistry standpoint. Laura Martin's doing the colors, and she's de facto the best colors in the business. We're very lucky to have her. Taylor Esposito's doing the lettering. He just won the Ringo for best letterer. So we've tried to put, and we've got some massive, massive, massive names coming in to do kind of celebratory um, work around it. The one I can mention just to give you a sense of, and every name is this size is Joe Casada is coming in to to help us with this. But we've got it's been a it's been a really was spoiled. Every major artist writer has come in and said, hey, we want to help support this and get this out there. So the best thing anyone can do is just try to get awareness. If you've got a comic book fan that doesn't know about this book, please let them know so that we can get them uh, to take a look at the campaign and see the book and then make the choice. Do they want to support this campaign? Do they want to wait till the book comes out uh, in stores? Do they want to do both? Because we're going to offer two very different approaches to the book. I think a lot of people are going to want both. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just getting people to see the work that these guys have put in. It's five, it's five years in the making. We approach this book as five years in the making, no expense spared. Try and take all the problems that you have in publishing of time, of money, of everything, and say, what if what if that wasn't a problem? What could we do? Just pure creativity. What could we do? And so that's what Megalith is. Nice. Love it. All right. Um, so this is my favorite part of the show. We're gonna do a, a little section we call quick takes. Um, if you haven't seen the show before, quick takes is a rapid fire Q and A section where we um we ask our guests five questions and you have 45 seconds to answer them off the top of your head. Um each, I won't, total. each question, each question. Okay. Um I won't say that I that I stalked your social media, but I will say that I did a little research um to get some uh some some questions that I think our audience would love the answers to. So uh I'm ready when you are Kyron. <clears throat> Quick takes. That was right. awesome. <laughs> Thank Very you. about that. That's that's why it's my favorite part of the show. Uh, that that's. Uh, but that's, um, that, so it's over now. We're this is all done. Now. Everything yeah. else. Everything's done here for here. <laughs> okay, so um, question number one. Yes. Um, which is the better experience, in your opinion, a movie premiere or Comic Con? Comic Con movie premieres suck, man. They're terrible. They really? uh yeah, I've, I've been to I've been to a few that were not my movie, and I went to one that was my movie. And the one that was my movie was better for sure. But they both are kind of terrible. It's a bunch of people that all have an agenda. That you know, it's a big marketing event, right? And and especially the actors, they have to do a lot of. They need a lot of press. And then it's a bunch of people that are pretending. They either are pretending to be happy for you, and they really want you to fail, or they're pretending to be happy for you, but they they they're jealous, insanely jealous. And so when you watch the movie. In the movie premiere, it is absolute silence. No one laughs at jokes. No one cheers. Nothing. The movie ends, and they get the, the very bare minimum of clapping to make it sound like they care. But they're just all haters, man. Movie wow. Oh wow! That's, so just that it. sounds that sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely awful. Oh man. 
Okay. Well, see, there's more insight. That's that's. Yeah, more I, insight. I love a movie, and I get invited to movie premiere. I will not go if I'm very excited. I'm excited for Guardians Three. I was lucky enough. I did not go though because I want to see with an audience. I'll hate it. I've had movies that I watch in premieres and I've hated, and then years later I watch them again. I'm like, this movie's great. And then I realized the audience has such a huge impact on your experience. Absolutely. I, I agree with you on that. We um I remember going to see Coco with it was just a bunch of families in the theater and we were all laughing. We literally I look back at the end of the movie and there was another dad just crying, like literally tears coming out of his eyes. And I'm crying too. I'm like, yo, this this movie was so amazing. And the audience absolutely helps with that. Okay. Um, question number two. Yeah, and this is one that that might get you into some trouble. So, uh, like, carefully. Um, which one is more important in comics? Is it the art or the story? Oh, that is interesting. It depends on the book. Um, I think it's the story ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Um, it's the look. It's a collaboration, right? And and any good artist and any good comic, the artist is a storyteller. Orc Island, for instance. Josh came up with this incredible story, this incredible arc, incredible thematic, and then Alberto infused that, and he made storytelling changes. He would ask us every time. He's like, "Hey, um, this is my layout. Here's something about doing the page. I don't think we need this beat. I don't think we need that beat. I added this beat." And they were always so smart. They would laugh and do the same thing. He'll change the way that it's structured because he's a storyteller. So I think that the artist, I think it's definitely story because the artist is a storyteller as much as a as the writer is when the project's working well. I see what you did there, and I like it. <laughs> no, but I really, I really believe that. I think, I think if you look at the absolute editions that Mar the DC puts out, or any kind of um, retrospective on a great comic book, you'll see that the artists had a lot more storytelling input when they get when they go through the behind the scenes than you would have thought on first blush. It's not as simple as here's a script now draw it. Whenever that happens, book's not going to work. Absolutely, I 100% I agree. Um, great answer. Um, okay, question number three. Um, I saw an interview that you did, I want to say a few years ago, um, yeah. while you were at Baltimore Comic Con, and um, you were talking about accessibility in comics. Um, Kyron and I always talk about um, how manga is, is so accessible right now for the young folks, and that's one of the reasons why it's really popular. How do we, in your opinion, if, if you could fix accessibility in comics in 45 seconds, how would you do it? I don't think you can fix accessibility in comics. I think comic books are, the comic books are tough. They're, they're an active um, uh, uh, entertainment system, right? You've got to hold the book, you've got to flip the pages, you've got to be very engaged. You can't just sit back and, and play a video game, watch a television show. And there's a huge barrier. Any active uh, activity is very difficult for the audience to binge, to, to eat like potato chips. I think we're doing a very good job. We've got giant movies as commercials. We've got video games, toys, merchandise. You can't really walk around day to day without hearing about comic books. They're everywhere. The problem perhaps is that the continuity is a little difficult to get into, or maybe the, the press. I would say the number one thing now I'm thinking about, the number one thing I would like to fix is the journalistic uh, component of the industry. I think we don't have the runover. I don't think we have the press um, system that we, that, we, that we deserve. A lot of the, you know, Press outlets have gone away. Um, it's up to people like you guys to get the word out there, and that's a heavy burden. You guys should be suppl supplementing. But if you think about it, Comics Alliance is gone. Multiversity is gone. CBR is just listicles about you know superhero movies. They're not really talking about comic books. Where where do where do big, exciting, good comic books go to get the word out? 
There isn't anywhere right now. Leading cool. The only one. That's true. That's a great point. Um, we might have some ideas on how to fix that. But uh, uh, question <laughs> question number don't four. Don't put any more on my plate, dude. I don't have any more time for anything. For <laughs> real, <laughs> this is a huge topic of conversation amongst publishers at Comics Pro. If there are legitimate attempts to try and fix this, you will rally every major publisher around you. Yeah. DC, I spoke to, to, I shouldn't say this, but I'll, I'll say it in a different way. DC had a big event last year, and most of the comic fans I know, if I asked them, what was DC's event? You know, what event? They didn't have a DC, DC event. They did. It was a crisis event. A crisis? A third crisis event? Yeah. Why do we not know about it? The word isn't getting out there. They don't. DC has no mechanism to get out there beyond speaking directly to the people on the newsletter or on social media. But that broader fan base, the Mark Silvestri Batman book, that should be blowing. Should done well. People didn't know. They didn't know that this is the book he's been working on for 10 years. That looks almost as good as Megalo. Almost. <laughs> almost. 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 I love that confidence. Almost as good. I mean, it rivals it, definitely. <laughs> All right. Um, so question number four. And this is more of an advice question. Um, but um, like we said, most of our a lot of our audience is, is uh, indie comic book creators and, and people who want to work in comic books. Um, what kind of advice would you give um, creators for getting through the ups and downs that come with making comic books? You can't get on the roller coaster. That, that's that's the thing. Every every big failing that you have is teaching you something. Every big success you have is going to be followed by a big failing. I try and celebrate the small victories. If I get something working and I know the next day it might go away, I celebrate that night. Um, when I have something that doesn't work, I try and think about what the lessons I've learned from it and double down to work to make sure that doesn't happen again. And that makes you stronger. You can't, no one achieves anything without failing a bunch of times. Failure has to come to a success. We're taught by these you know, great entrepreneurs or whatever, I succeed in everything I did. But if you really look at them, they failed a ton first. That's just mythology building. Failure must come first, so don't bug it. What I would say it's all part of the process. All part of the process. I think um, Giannis Kumpo said something like that um, the other night. Yeah. Um, awesome. All right. So the last question, and this yeah. is another one that might get you in trouble. Sure. Um, but um, I want to know. Um, we we do another show called Top Five Live where we um, discuss uh, top five lists of all sorts. So um, on this show, I'd like to get our guests to do a top five list off the top of our head. Yeah. You're, your top five is going to be your top five indie IP properties right now. Indie IP, so indie comic books or indie IP across across the, the, the scape of entertainment. Indie comics, indie, indie comics. Okay, of all time. Yeah, of all time. Okay, and have they? Can they be? I've, I've so many questions here. Can they be? When you say IP, generally people think well to, to adapt. Is it something that it's already made? And if, if I say preacher, that's the first one that comes to mind. Does that count? Um, I would say preacher counts. Yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, I would say it counts. Yeah, spawn, cool. spawn is in there. Preacher, yeah, for sure. Okay, off the top of my head, should I just go? Yeah, preacher, phenomenal, changed my life. One of Moody at, at Valley. I'm not there anymore. Acclaimed publisher. I think it's one of the best books no one's really heard of. It is incredibly uh, heartfelt and funny. Um, Strike Force Mortuary. I love it. Um, incredible, big, huge fan of that book. Uh, Danger Girl. I like that book, man. I mean, Campbell's great. I, I love the tone of it. Um, and then uh, independent, another one, uh, Megalith. Megalith is in the top five because 
it is my job to say megalith as many times as I can. I'm going to say megalith over and over and over again. Did I tell you guys we're launching on Thursday? On Thursday? Megalith. This Thursday? Thursday. <laughs> Thursday. Okay, sorry. And what's the name of the book again? Uh, megalith. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I think I've heard of it. No, I love it. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for doing our quick takes. Yeah. Um, wonderful insight. And, and great answers there. You guys, uh, what are you guys top five off the top of your head? I get to do this too. We're live. You can't stop me. Top five. Wow. Uh, um, saw um, everything that Kyron makes is, is my top five. So, um, right. Shaman's definitely saw uh, and all the rest of them. And Ace Blade right. is number five for me. It's the worst? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's, I'm trying to climb the ranks though, but yeah. That's <laughs> my turn. Yeah. Um, oh, no, it's not no, on the weird spider. Megalith is in there too. Megalith is in there also. Okay. There we go. Uh, it's not on the weird spider is top number one. Uh, Long John web comic, which yeah. is one of my favorites. Uh, Above the Clouds, uh, Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer, and Megalith. Easily, <laughs> we got it. That's awesome. All right. Um, is this week's quick takes sponsored by anybody? Damn. Um sponsored by I don't know. Uh no. I usually just make it up as it happens. Sponsored by um All Might, because I am here. Amazing. But if you want to sponsor Danny's quick takes, you can reach out to us at fortalespodcast at gmail.com, subject line sponsor. And, you know, if you want to hit us up, let's sponsor it. Um, this has been fun, Dinesh. Um, we appreciate you being on. Uh, before we go, I, I know you want to talk on Megalith again. <laughs> but is there anything else you want to bring up or, you know, spoil no. for the rest of us? Or You guys are great. This is very early. I'm, I'm shocked that you guys do this this early on Saturday. That's, that's all his fault. I'm um, yeah. I've tried I'm to get a different time, but he's like, I'm too busy. I don't want to do anything else outside of this at this point, so... I've offered to change the time. I've offered. I know we got a lot of West Coast uh, guests, so we if we need to change it, we definitely will. Do you, you always do it live? Record it. You can pre-record it. We it's always live. do it live. Yeah. <laughs> that's his. That's his decision. The doing it live is is on him. So that's 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 Kyron's fault. What, what a combination! Seven a.m. and live. Those are the two <laughs> you guys go for. I think about it. I have to host this at 7 a.m. So I'm just like trying to wake up at six and I tell you what, why don't you do it this way? Why don't you get your guests on and say it'll be Saturday? When I'm gonna tell you when, we'll call you two minutes before. <laughs> be, ready. be at your be ready. Be at your computer. Or whatever you're doing, we're just gonna live you in. You're yeah. at with it. Here we go. Just to make just one more hurdle there for uh, to make it harder for folks. I would watch the shit out of that show, to be honest. Yeah, I believe it. I honestly <laughs> believe that. We're not telling him when. We're just gonna start start it. <laughs> no, you ready? Let's do this. Yeah. Um. Thanks, guys. This is super fun. No, no problem. Uh, well, this is our your time to uh, promote your websites, your social media. Do we want to make sure all our our listeners find you and find your work? So, where can people find you? Um, bad ideas on, on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we've got our website. Uh, we've got 250 amazing stores. If you go to our website, badideacorp.com and click on stores, you'll see them. They're awesome. They're the backbone of our, of our company. And we've got Megalith, 
launching on Thursday. So please sign up uh, to be notified when it drops. Um, we've got a, a bunch of cool stuff up on, uh, on the Megalith campaign that we think some of the, the cooler things will sell out very, very quickly. So you want to be notified so you can jump on there. Nice. And that's us. All right. Danny, where can people check you out? If you want to find me, you can find us um, on our website, fourthwallpros.com. And if you want to find me on social media, it's the Ace Blade on all social media platforms. Kyron, where can people find you? Uh, you can check me out at TaurusComics.com. I am on social media platforms, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Taurus Comics, Facebook, of course. Um, and if this is your first time checking out our podcast, you can go to our website, 4talespodcast.com. Go back and listen to all our previous 70 episodes and, you know, find out some other great information. Uh, Dan says should have been Megalith on May the 5th. Isn't that Star Wars Day? Fourth. May the 4th is Star May Wars Day. But we will not. The 30-day campaign. It'll still be going May 5th. You're good. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, we will not have an episode next week. Next week is Free Comic Day. Danny's going to be at, I'm assuming, Acme Comics? Acme, yep. Okay. I am going to be at Comics and Collectibles on Fruit Ridge in Sacramento. Uh, so check us out. We will be back, though, in two weeks where we are going to have writer Greg Burnham on the show. We're going to talk about his upcoming projects and uh, have some fun then. Uh, but until next time, sayonara, good night, and please take care of yourselves. Thanks, guys. Thank you.